It was weird. A couple of days ago, I opened my front door and I noticed that my welcome mat, which is this heavy rubber, it doesn't move. I mean, it like it shifts a little, but it would be impossible for it to get flipped upside down on its own. But I went out there and it had been totally flipped. And that happened a couple years ago. A couple years ago, I remember, yeah, it was like summer 2020 because I had been painting somebody's house for them. I, I don't know how to do that, but they hired me. And I got home at the end of the day and like somebody had flipped my mat and I was like, oh shit, somebody was going around the neighborhood seeing if the keys are there. Which is funny that people keep keys there. Because that's just the classic hide-a-key spot. So it makes sense though. It makes sense that if you're a crook, a good old crook, that you just be walking by a house and you flip their welcome mat. Because, yeah, that's the classic spot. I mean, I've gone over to people's houses. I've house sat for people and they're like, oh yeah, we keep the key under the welcome mat. Like, at some point in history, that was smart. Which is funny to think about. It's funny to think that there was a time in history where that was like a novel idea. Like, oh, good idea. But it's the most common thing. Like, it's a trope. It's a cliche. A cliche. So, you know, but people still do it. But yeah, a couple nights ago, it wasn't even that late either. And I know it hadn't been that way earlier. It's probably like 10 or 11 at night that I noticed it. I was taking the garbage out or something, and I was like, oh, shit. Somebody completely flipped this upside down. Which is creepy, but it's it's one of the reasons why I don't have a... Uh, I mean, one of many reasons. But it's one of the reasons why I don't have a doorbell cam. I know those are popular now. But it's like, I don't really... As much as I like security, and I'm a paranoid person... It really freaks me out. Like, I think I would be more disturbed to know that somebody came up on my porch, even if they didn't do anything. Like, I've seen that footage online. I've, I've, I've gone down those, uh, into that abyss on the internet where you look at videos of doorbell cams. And it's like some, I remember there was one that was really creepy where this guy who was cross-dressing walked up and just kept trying to open the door. Didn't do anything that aggressive. But just kept up, just walked up and just tried to open the door a few times in the middle of the night while dressed like a woman. The other ones you see, I didn't even know this existed until recently, but the other ones are people go up to the door and uh, they have like a weird scanner. And I had to look up what they were doing, but it's like people keep their keys near the front door. Like they have a drawer or a rack or whatever where they hang their keys. And because all these keys now are digital, or whatever they are, remote, people uh, like have this scanner that, like, I don't know what it does, but it somehow picks up the signal of the remote key, and they use the scanner to then unlock the car. I didn't even know this existed, and it kind of blew my mind, because the first video like that that I saw was a woman, and, and the scanner was huge. It looked like one of those old radios. Not a boombox, but one of those... Those old radios that were just kind of big. And, you know, she walked up and just was standing next to the door for a second, like, pressing buttons on this scanner. And I had to look up what she was doing. And, and it was... Yeah, it's like picking up the, the remote car key. It, like, takes the signal of that and then, like, uses that to activate, to unlock the car or whatever. But I saw other ones where they have, they have a whole assortment of scanners, and I'm like, it makes sense that somebody would think of that. But I didn't even know I, I didn't even know there was a device like that. I mean, I'm not shocked. That's hard. That hardly sounds like revolutionary technology. But it just shows you that I don't think about that stuff. Although a long time ago, this must have been an, over a decade ago, I was playing guitar at my house. And this car started to drive by slowly. And they used something like that. They used some sort of radio thing. A radio thing. To like hack into... I'm not making this up. This was not a hallucination. I'm sure you could look up how people do this. But what they were doing is they were... They hacked my, my speaker. They hacked it. They did hack it. You know, people make fun of old people for thinking like, oh, you hacked my email. Are you hacking my phone? 
Like somebody grabs your phone and then like sends, like they post something embarrassing on Facebook. And someone's like, they hacked my phone. It's like, no, they just used your account. But still, like I think that's hacking when you, if you have like some sort of radio jammer. But the weird thing is they spoke through it. Like I said, I'm not making this up. I was playing guitar and whatever sort of weird like radio hacking they were able to do with a device they got in through my speaker and then I, and at an extremely loud volume they said something like oh you I don't know if they could detect it that's what I wonder because it's not like they said something direct to me like hey you fag playing guitar hey, hey guitar fag you know it's a fag you know it's not like they said anything like that but they did say I think they swore they did say something and it made me wonder like are, are they just driving around with that device speaking through it and I just happened to hear them? Or were they able to detect some sort of device like that? Because, And the reason I know that I'm not totally crazy is because, at least with that amp, I don't know if this is true for every amplifier, but at least for that amp, I would sometimes pick up radio signals. Like if the distortion was on and I was playing guitar, like when I wasn't strumming, you would hear a very faint radio signal. Obviously it picks up, picks those up. So I'm guessing this is how they, they hacked it. But what I wonder is if they were able to like detect my radio signal and knew that when they were driving by and then specifically like addressed their snotty message. I mean, it, it sounded like, like young men just screwing around. But I, I, what I don't know is if they, could, if they knew that my signal was there or what. But it, it was a weird experience because it was really loud. Like it sounded like it was going to blow my amplifier up. It just What it sounded like is just anytime someone, if like a mic is turned up too loud and someone talks into it. But yeah, these, these scanners and stuff. So based on that experience, I'm not surprised that people are able to do that with like remote car keys and all this shit. But it's just, I would just never think about that. But yeah, the flipping of the mats. Like I'm, I'm sure it, it, it warrants something. I mean... Or rather, I, I'm sure it yields something. Like, I'm sure there are some houses where you flip the mat and you find a key or whatever, but uh, it's just weird, though, because, like, that person, they have to... They just have to be walking along, and then they just, you know, do that. And it's it's definitely unnerving, but like I said, it's like, I'd rather not know. Like, as long as they don't do anything... As long as they don't actually do anything or get a hold of anything, it's one of those things where I, I'd, I'd kind of rather not know which weird person just like walked on my porch last night but I understand why people have them um, I know that idea though of like really obvious hiding spots or you know really obvious passwords that's always kind of funny I mean I hate to admit this but I'm going to and I think it was like it was over 20 years ago I was probably, I couldn't have been any older than 15. I remember a couple times, like this is when the when everybody was getting the internet and stuff. A couple times I tried to get into two of my good friends' emails, email accounts. I mean, it's really sick. Even t you know, 20 I, I just turned 37 the other day. I turned 37 3 days ago. It's kind of weird. Cuz it actually it really it, it really does start to feel like 40 now. 36, just fall like, oh, I'm in, my, I'm in my, my mid-30s. It doesn't bother me. Sometimes when you say that, it sounds like you're complaining or you're sad about it. I'm not sad about it. I, it, just, it just made me realize that, like, I'm on the road to 40 now, officially. But anyway, so this was, like, probably 22, 23 years ago. And it's something I hate to admit. But, like, two, it was just two times I just wanted to see... Actually, one time it was an email, the other time it was an AOL Instant Messenger account. And I know, I know for a fact, like I knew people who did this in far worse ways than I did. So I'm justifying it by saying that. But still, I, you know, I hate that. I hate the idea of invading somebody's account. Like I can't imagine being an adult and doing that. But it was honestly, again, I'm justifying it. 
you know, I know the statute of limitations is probably uh, over for email uh, password guessing crimes, but, uh, you know, the reason I did it, I didn't do anything. The reason I did it was just to see if I could guess it. Like, I've always, you know, I talk on here a lot about intuition and, you know, the, the sort of casual psychic ability that we all really have. We're all, we are all mycelium. You know, we are all psychically connected if we don't block that part of ourselves, which, you know, it's pretty fucking blocked for a lot of people, for me. But anyway, like, like it's, I've always been interested in that sort of stuff. And I, I didn't actually, I, I understand that doing this is nefarious, and I shouldn't have done it, but I was just curious. I truly was just curious. Obviously with a little bit of an edge, curiosity with an edge, because obviously you don't do that if you are being nice. Like, obviously it was a bad, mean thing to do. But sometimes being bad and mean is also just being curious. So anyway, with, with that preamble out of the way, both times I was able to guess it first thing. It was weird. Both times. And it wasn't like the password was password. Both times, though, I was able to get it on the first try. I'm not even lying. One of them was, uh, one of them was a guy, uh, and he was obsessed with this one TV show, this one cartoon, and it was just the name of the show, and it was it was like an obscure thing from another country. It wasn't like I typed in Looney Tunes. <laughs> before passwords looney tunes <laughs> but no it, it was the name of something kind of obscure at that time that was foreign and he was obsessed with it i think we were probably 14 or 15 and i just i was like i'm just curious and i typed the name of that show and it, i got in and i was like fuck it was a weird feeling because like you're seeing something you shouldn't see what that is is it's burglary I mean, what that is, you know, it's digital burglary. Like the email inbox, the screen that you're seeing, it's like being in someone's home without their permission. But it, but it was kind of like, it was oddly, uh, it, it was oddly like, it was almost like a roller coaster feeling, to be honest. Like, I understand why people get into doing devious things. And when I say roller coaster, I don't mean like a big thrill. What I mean is it was like that same sort of feeling you get in like your stomach or your balls where they feel lighter. It wasn't like, oh, this is fun. It was, it was that same sort of feeling like when, when uh, you know, you feel like your stomach drop or your, you, you're, I, I never know what the deal is with that, but like, like on those pirate ship rides where it's a pirate ship that just swings back and forth, which I love. I always loved those for some reason. But like when it swings back up, like when it takes you back up, it's like your stomach and your balls just feel really light. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how I, I felt when I like typed in this password and like first try, just the screen popped up. And you know what? The first thing I saw was an email chain talking shit about me. And I think that might even have been, like, I wasn't looking for anything like that, but I think, like, what gave me this kind of, like, mean-spirited curiosity at the time was that these two particular friends were kind of, like, ganging up on me and being really bitchy for no real reason. I mean, I understand, like, I, pro I was probably a burden to be around at that age just as, as they were, and kids just fight like that. But I think what kind of gave me... What made me like break that moral code and like try that, I think was the fact that like we weren't really getting along at that time. And sure enough, it, it was almost like a gift waiting for me. Like it was something that I shouldn't have seen and it wasn't even anything that deep. And like the name of the email chain was even about me. I'm not making this up. The email chain was like some sort of insult about me. So I was like, oh, they probably do that like when they're hanging out with each other too. And the email, it wasn't even like just, it, what's weird is it like wasn't even just about me. Like they were talking about other things. 
but like there would be like these random insults thrown in. And it was almost like this gift waiting for me. Like I deserved that. I deserve like for, for doing that, for like typing in that password. I really deserve to like open up his inbox and see insults directed toward me. But what's funny is I never said anything about it. Like I didn't go into school and be like, I hacked your email. I guessed your password. And I saw what you said about me. I just saw it. And you know what? My feelings weren't even hurt. Even back then, like even though I didn't think that way then, I still kind of understood that that was like a spiritual moment. I still kind of understood without without knowing what it was. And maybe that was a more pure version of it anyway, experiencing it then. But like I somehow knew that my ego had no right to feel anything or react to that. Like I felt my body like stiffen and go, they're insulting me. But it's like somehow I knew, like somehow I just intuitively knew I have no right to be upset about this. Like almost like a feeling like this isn't real. And on top of that, I deserve this because I guessed my friend's password. First try. What's weird about that though is like, I don't even know why, like he was obsessed with that show. He was totally obsessed with that show. But you wouldn't expect his password to just be the name of the show. And he had a bunch of other interests too. He had a million other things in his life. And there were no numbers or anything. It was just the name of that show. And then that that same thing happened probably around the same time. I just, I wanted to see if I could guess uh, this other friend's AOL Instant Messenger uh, password for the same reasons, really. Not to do anything. Like, I've certainly been mean to people on the internet, and there were all sorts of controversies about this. There are, there are with people. I think they still it still happens. But uh, in this case, uh, I just, I typed in the first thing that came to mind, which was like the name of a celebrity this person worshipped. Which, that's a pretty easy one, but still, it's just weird that you could guess that. Like, that, it's almost like the, the door key under the welcome mat... Because I guess it's the most obvious thing. Like, what is this person talking about all the time? What is this person focused on? And it shows you, too, that I didn't overthink it. Like, because I wasn't doing it for a reason. Beyond the fact that I was just being, like, a devious little shit. Which is a reason. I wasn't doing it for a real reason. And, like, with that one, I got in on the first try, too. And I didn't hang out in there, like, because that meant that, like, everybody he knew was seeing that he was online when he wasn't. And I I just, I, I, like, looked at it for a second. I just, like, looked at the fact that I had logged in, and then I just immediately logged out. Didn't do anything. But, you know, stuff like that, I remember there, there were, like, a bunch of stories about people doing things. Like, I remember hearing stories growing up about people pretending to be other people. Um, I was actually, I, I didn't participate. But even later on, when I was like 17 or 18, still in high school, I was at a party at my friend's house. And he would just leave his computer on with, uh, with AOL Instant Messenger on. It would just be on. People would use the internet, but they, I mean, you respected his, his privacy or whatever. Every once in a while, like, like, a group of people would be on the computer and, like, another friend would be online and, like, send him a message. And someone would be like, oh, hey, it's us. Come over. But nobody, like, got on there and, like, pretended to be him in a nefarious way. It was like, he was trusting. He was trusting. But one time we were drinking, you know, we, we were in high school and we got some beer and we were drinking. And this one friend of mine started pretending to be... No, this is interesting. He started to... He didn't pretend to be the guy whose computer it was. He pretended to be another friend of ours 
talking to this girl who that guy had been involved with. And I'm not sure if this makes it better or worse, but like, you know, my friends, it's like, girls liked them and stuff, but like nobody was really sexually active. Like if they were, it was just very, on a very limited basis. But this one friend of ours, he was very unassuming. Like you would never think this guy was a cavalier ladies man, ever. But he had like, at a party, he had, he had done something with this girl. And we were all kind of blown away by it. We were like, he does that? He, like, he just does that? It, it was just very foreign to all of us. And so that girl was like on the computer. She was like online. And this other friend pretended to be the guy who, who had messed around with her at a party. And he, and he was like, he was saying all kinds of shit to her. It was crazy. I was witness to it, but I was, I was very nervous. Like, not that I haven't done shitty things, but I was just like, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. Because he, like, he was like, I want to do that again. He was obviously getting some kind of vicarious thrill through it, you know? The friend who was doing it. Because he was telling this girl, like, remember what we did, like, three months ago? Like, I want to do that again. Which is, really, yeah, that's really fucked up. But you know what? She guessed it. I remember the girl was uh, very perceptive because she was like, I don't think this is him. She's like, I think there's a bunch of you standing around. She actually, she, she 100% described what was going on. She was like, I'm guessing there's like three or four of you standing around the computer. What I remember doing though is like, it made me so nervous that I was like pacing between the computer and like the other end of the room because I didn't want to see it. Like I was drunk and laughing because like something was afoot. But I, I, I was very nervous. <laughs> Like, I kind of liked, that's the thing, is like, I liked that, like, my friend was being a trickster, because I like a good trickster moment, you know, but I was very, very nervous and upset a little bit, not upset, just very nervous and just kind of like, oh, God, this is bad, that he was saying the things he was saying and pretending to be this guy, so people did things like that, there were other stories of stuff like that as well growing up. You hear about it too you still hear about it i mean people do that to each other now like i had a friend who had problems with her boyfriend and he somehow he got into her phone like he didn't hack it but he had like another device of hers that was logged into the same thing like people have these synced devices so he was able to use this other device to like read her messages send messages and he did that he like sent people messages saying like fuck you and pretending to be her really really odd like an adult man doing that is crazy it's scary actually it's genuinely scary that kind of behavior so adults do that I'm sure that happens so much so much more than I even know even though I think about like those old days of like email and instant messenger, those old days of email. Even though I think about those old days of email. I like email. I like email. But even though like when I think about this stuff, like the idea of impersonating somebody or guessing their password, like that seems old fashioned to me. Like I think about the mindset I was in when I did that. You know, like like guessing those friends' passwords. And it was just sort of like, I feel like being devious, but I also just want to see if I can do this. I, I want to see if this is possible. Because with that, like one last comment on that, like the two times that I just guessed the passwords. I didn't do that to everybody. Those are the only two times I did it. That's why it's, it, I kind of wanted to retire with a, uh, with, with a, I wanted to retire undefeated. It's not like I was sitting there and I tried every single friend. That was the only two I ever did. Never once, other than those two times, did I try to log into uh, another friend's computer. But I kind of—I'm glad I retired undefeated. Two for two, first try. It's like hitting a three-pointer. But like I was saying before, like because I'm not done with that point. Because I've thought about it over the years. I'm like, that felt really bad to do. Now that's the worst thing I've ever done by far. But it's just like, 
in my life, you know, it's like I, I still do things I don't like. But that in particular, like, I can see why people get into, like, I can see why people are deviants, basically. Because it's like there was this sort of, like, that, that roller coaster feeling for a split second. Where I was just like, oh, this feels like kind of a rush or something. Kind of like I'm climbing up the peak and about to drop or whatever. Um, but, uh, where was I going? Uh, I don't, I was gonna, the last thing I was going to say about it was, uh, like, it shows you the power of intuition, though, because what I remember about those two times is I didn't think about it. Like, I didn't sit there and go, like, hmm, let me think logically about what this guy's password's going to be. Oh, it's going to be this. Oh, and this is his birthday, so it's going to have this number. I just, I truly just sat down and just without thinking about it, just typed the first thing that came to mind. Like, I basically just said, open sesame. And it opened. It was too much power, though. I mean, it's too much power. Like, staring at this kid's inbox. And it was probably, I mean, this is probably 1999 or something. 19, maybe the year 2000. You know, the, the design of everything was very old and clunky. So I'm just looking at what we call a clunky inbox. A clunky old inbox. And it's not like this 14, 15-year-old was doing a bunch of serious emailing. There was actually no real reason for a kid to have an email address. There really wasn't. Like, most kids, like, if they, if they used the computer a lot, they talked on AOL Instant Messenger. It wasn't like kids, like, I do remember sending emails and things, but it wasn't like kids were sitting there sending all these emails. Oh, what do you do? Well, I like to send a lot of emails. I like to send a lot of email. So there wasn't really a reason. So it's like, it's not like I saw all this amazing stuff. They were, that email chain I saw where they were talking shit about me behind my back. That was like one of the only emails in there. <laughs> and so it was kind of funny in that way that it's like, I do this devious thing that I should never do, which is invade somebody's privacy. And, uh, what did I find? It's basically... It, what that is, it, it's as if like I found... Like I stole a treasure chest from somebody. And I opened it up and it was just like a box of shit. Just dog shit. That's basically what that is. I basically stole a box, opened it up, and found dog shit inside. Because that's what you deserve when you do that. I deserve to see my friends talking shit about me throwing dog shit at me. So it was a spiritual moment, just to say that again. It was a spiritual moment because I was like, I'm not allowed to be upset about this because the only reason I know they were doing this is because I did something bad to see it. I did something wrong to see this. But, uh... Yeah, the other one was just simple. Like, the, other, the AOL one... I didn't see anything. I didn't talk to anybody. I just literally like logged in, his buddy list popped up, and I, and I immediately exited out. But it's intuition. It's like, I think, one, like, their passwords were things that they were passionate about with no decoration. Like, there were no numbers, I don't think. Maybe, I don't think so. There were no numbers or anything. And uh, so it was just like typing in a word that was something that they were passionate about. But beyond that, like something about that, beyond the, like the, the guilt that I still feel for doing that, something makes me really sad about like how simple those passwords were. Like they were sitting down to make an account and they just like, they, for a password, they were just like, I like this thing. Because I had a friend, I remember like some years back, a friend needed me to check his email for him. I think it was Miles. Yeah, it was Miles. And uh, he needed me, like, I, I think he didn't have access to a computer where he was, and he needed me to, like, check something. And he told me his password. I'm not going to, I don't remember it. But it was something, like, really fucked up and weird. 
or just totally non-intuitive. And that made complete sense to me that he would have a password like that. Sorry, Miles, if you were to hear this, I'm sorry I'm saying anything at all about your password. Sorry for even mentioning your password here. I don't remember what it was, but I, I remember I told him I wouldn't do it. Because you know why? I remember actually having flashbacks. Like, even though he was asking me to do this so that I could check something for him because he couldn't check, I had kind of this, this PTSD from when I invaded these other people's inboxes, you know, 15 years earlier or whatever. But I remember being like, I don't want to check. But I, I was also impressed with the password. What we call being impressed with the password. I was like, that's, that's very non-intuitive. Whereas these other kids, who were kids, who probably weren't thinking about how, you know, they probably weren't even thinking about it when they set up these accounts. But it, it made me kind of sad because I was just like, those were such simple passwords. They were kind of innocent. I think what makes me sad is how innocent it seemed. It was just like, I like this thing, so that's going to be my password. And I was just kind of sad. I was like, oh, these aren't stupid people. It kind of felt like, I think that, that, that old saying, taking candy from a baby. Kind of felt like I was taking candy from a baby. And then it's, it's gotten so weird because, like, we've become such a device world. We've become such a device world. That, like, people are doing that shit on their phones. People are doing that shit with, they have multiple accounts. There's a lot of impersonation. I mean, a female friend of mine a few years ago, we were at a bar, this is probably five, six years ago, we were at a bar, and uh, she was showing me these messages she was getting from like somebody, they, they weren't impersonating somebody, but it was like a, 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 like a fake account. And they were saying really threatening things. Like they were pretending to be like, they were saying like really sexually aggressive and violent things and they sent a picture i don't even know if it was real or if it was from a horror movie but it was just like a, like a picture of this like bloody room and she showed me she she handed me her phone and i saw like the uh i read through the messages cuz she asked me to and i looked up at her and i said i think this is a woman and she was like, I thought the same exact thing. There was nothing in it. There was nothing in it that was inherently feminine. But when I was reading it, because, you know, I am a detective. When I was reading it, like, I got the feeling that this is like a woman who thinks this is how like a sexually aggressive, like mean guy talks. But it's not that. Like, this is, I, that was my first thought. Like, again, talking about intuition, I had this thought where I was like, this comes across like a woman who's maybe jealous of my friend. She was a pretty girl, has friends, things, you know. And I was like, this comes across like a woman who's probably jealous of my friend, another woman, and so, like, made this account trying to sound like, you know, sexually harass her and like be oddly threatening like sending her pictures of a room filled with blood i really think it was just from a horror movie because i'm very gore uh, i'm very goraphobic not agoraphobic i'm very i can't deal with gore and blood it's it, I, I really can't deal with it but it didn't gross me out because it just looked like a horror movie set or something i don't think it was real which plays into what i'm saying too like the sort of person who's like pretending to be a man and being threatening, they would just pick some like hokey horror movie bloodbath rather than actually finding something gruesome from a crime scene or something. But it was just weird that we both came to the same conclusion because she didn't give me any leads. She was just like, I want you to look at this and like tell me what you think. And I was like, I think this is a woman. And, and sure enough, she had thought the same thing. And she even had an idea of who she might think it was. It was somebody that she didn't have any problems with. But it was something, it was one of those connections that was like, this was like, I think this is like so-and-so's brother's 
you know, friend's sister, you know, somebody who like she kind of knew through the grapevine, but wasn't close to and, and like hadn't had any problems, but it was just, again, intuition. Like she just picked up on probably some kind of dissonance with this girl or had some kind of weird interaction. I don't think she ever found out who it was, but it, it was an interesting moment. But that thing where you're seeing into somebody else's inbox, like even though she, in that moment, like she had asked me to like look through her messages from this account, I still felt like very dirty doing it. I didn't want to do it. And I, I become very averse to that kind of thing. Like I had a friend recently who like wanted to read me a message from one of their parents. Like they were having a problem with one of their parents. And like they wanted to read me the message from that parent. And I was like, I don't want to know. Like that's between you guys. It's not the worst thing in the world to like read that and get your friend's opinion. But I was like, I don't want to know what they said. I don't like, I don't want to see into your one-on-one -on -one private conversations. And just a, a few days ago, something like that happened too, where like talking about this, it just makes me realize how common this is. But in a group chat I'm in, somebody sent like a screen cap of, of this interaction with a guy we know who we've had like some, some kind of issues with. But they sent me a screen cap of this, this like back and forth. And this person is kind of like ostensibly this person's friend, which tells you they're really not if they're screen capping this shit and sending it to other people. But like, it was one of those things where, uh, like he sent it to us and he was, and he was like, this guy has no social graces. And my first thought was like, he doesn't have social graces. I like the guy who sent it to me. I don't really, you know, I'm kind of indifferent, ambivalent toward about the guy who he was talking about. But my first thought was like, I don't want to see your private conversations. Like, I don't like the idea of some, I, I hate the idea of somebody doing that to me, even if it's not anything bad. Like the idea that people out there are potentially screen capping my conversations, my text messages and sending them to other people. I'm guessing that's not happening. I don't really say anything too incendiary to people through text messages. <laughs> Every once in a while, maybe, but, uh, just the idea that somebody, and I realize that's a big thing, and it has been for years, is this screen capping. Like, there's a lot of screen capping going on. And so it's, it, you might as well be recording somebody. I mean, that's the equivalent of, like, wearing a microphone and bugging your friends. It's like wearing a microphone and recording a private conversation. And I see them online. It's not just, it's one thing to send it in a group chat or to send it privately, and I've had other friends send me a screen cap of a conversation with somebody they're having a problem with. And I don't read it. I refuse to. I'm like, that person didn't consent to this. You know, I don't want to read it. I don't want, you know, you can summarize it. Like we all, you know, I think that's more than appropriate. Like if you're having some sort of issue with somebody in your life and you're talking to a friend of yours... I don't think you're sworn to secrecy. Like, obviously, you can say, oh, hey, so-and-so said this and, like, th this. You can, you can summarize it. But there's something about, like, taking a screen cap and sending it to somebody else without that person's consent. Just, I, I refuse to look. Unless it's just funny. Unless it's, like, very clear it's funny. But if it's something that's, like, a problem or if it's at that person's expense, I, I just don't like it. And so th this happened the other day where a guy... He sent this screen cap and was like talking about how this guy has like bad social graces. And I was just like, it, it's truly ironic that you would send that. Like, it's truly ironic that you would say that about him when you're screen capping a private conversation with him and sending it to multiple people. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I almost feel in some way like those those early experiences, <laughs> those early experiences of like logging in through these passwords, like logging into that email and AOL account. I almost feel like that was like a lesson where it's like that happened like 22, 23 years ago when the internet was this new thing. People were talking about passwords all the time back in those days. A lot of talk about passwords. Seems like people put a lot of thought into passwords. Screen names. I mean, my, my very first AOL screen name, I think I've mentioned this before, 
was Blocker Leo, which is the weirdest fucking name. You, I didn't come up with it. We had this neighbor named Franz who was from Germany. Awesome guy. He came to the U.S. I think he was like 13 or something. He was a boy by himself. And he worked in a bakery. This would have been in probably like the 80s. Maybe the 70s. And he worked in a bakery for this like mean baker. I imagine like this mean old world baker. Like this guy from another world. And uh, I think he lived in like a tiny room above the bakery maybe or something. But he just worked in this bakery. He was a boy. He didn't speak any English. And he, he learned how to say... The first thing he learned how to say before he knew any other English was... Hamburger and a Coke, please. Because there was a McDonald's across the street. So he would just go... Every, he said every single meal was, a, was McDonald's. He would just go to McDonald's every day and, and he learned hamburger and a Coke, please. Which is really funny, but... Like, when I knew him, he was probably in his 30s. This is the probably the... It's probably like 1994, maybe. 95, I don't know. And uh, he had... T- but he was, he was insane because he was an incredible artist. Like, he drew these amazing cartoons. And he was doing, like, online animation. And this is, like, the, the mid-90s. And he had, he had self-taught himself computer animation. And he was working for, like, an educational software company doing that. And I visited there. Because he, he lived directly across the street. And our family became very close to him and his then-girlfriend. They became just... During that time in our life, like, we did all sorts of things together. This guy was amazing. I fucking loved Franz. One of the funnest people I've ever met. Still, like, a very thick German accent. Very funny, dry sense of humor. He was just a really good guy. Taught me how to use the internet. The first time I ever used the internet was at his house. They had this weird little attic with a nook in it, and they had a computer there, and it was totally dark. And he, he let me go, log on to his AOL account and go in a chat room just to show me what it was like. And then he then he just like went, you know, I, I think my mom and sister were there having dinner with them. And so he just went back to the dinner table and left me alone with this chat room. And I, I don't think I participated. I think I just watched. It was like, it was adults, but it was nothing like, there was nothing dirty going on. It was just like an AOL chat room. And I remember like people were pretending like they were in a hot tub. Like these adults were in this chat room and they were pretending like the chat room chat room was a hot tub, which I guess it kind of is. And uh, they, there was a guy or a woman, I think it was a guy that was like, ooh, I found a jet. <laughs> he, he was like pretending that, like he typed that in. He was like, ooh, I found a jet. So it's like, they were like role playing that they were in a hot tub, like uh, like a big group of people just hanging out in a hot tub chatting, which does make some sort of odd sense, doesn't it? You know, it does make some sort of odd sense that like people would get in a chat room and think of it as a hot tub. But I just observed because I'd never seen anything like this. Like these were people who I couldn't see. I truly, I mean, there was nothing like that. Like I'm trying to think of any sort of equivalent experience to that. You know, there was the party line phone thing that I've talked about where like adults could call this 800 number and be placed on the party line, which was like a, like a phone chat room had like multiple people in it on the phone line. But I'd never been in anything like that. And it's the phone. Like you would have been hearing people's voices. This was something totally different because all I was seeing was text on a screen of these adults in a chat room. And uh, I was just fascinated by it. And so that guy, that guy Franz, like, set that up for me. I had some sort of reason, though, I was talking about him. An original reason. I just went on a Franz kick. Um, a blocker Leo. So, like, sometime after that, because I think I, I said to my mom, I was like, we got to get the internet. And, I, you know, and to be honest, like, we got AOL. And that was what was interesting is, like, we had, like, this very old computer that barely worked. And we got one of those AOL discs in the mail, like they used to send you all the time. And we installed AOL. I think he did it for us. Franz came, came over and installed it for us. But we couldn't access the Internet. Like, we got a modem and stuff. 
but we couldn't access the internet. Like our, our computer couldn't do it. Like the computer was too old or something. So like we couldn't actually go on the internet internet and like look at websites or anything. What we could do is just use AOL. So we could use the email, we could use chat rooms. Like AOL had these really awful like fake web pages called AOL Hometown. Like they would have them for different subjects. Like they had it for the NFL. They probably had one for Star Wars or something, but you go to them and there was nothing there. It was nothing like going to a website. It was basically like just looking at an ad. But my family installed it and like I remember Franz was over like setting us up. And I was just watching him because it was so fascinating. Like this guy knew how to like hook you up to the internet and he was helping us. And then like when he installed it, he like he sat me down and he was just like, oh yeah, you need to come up with a screen name. And it's like, that puts you on the spot. You know, this is 1995, maybe, 96. This is, this is 2099. No, but this is probably the mid-90s. I don't know when exactly. Maybe a little later. Actually, realistically, it was, might have been closer to like 97. I think it was closer to 97. This, this is important. Every year counts. But uh, he, uh, like, I had never even thought about a screen name before. That had never been something that I'd even considered that I had to come up with. And he and, I, and he, so he was helping me choose one. And at that point in time, I was playing youth football. And he was like, what's your position in football? And I said, lineman. And he was kind of like in his thick German accent. He was kind of like, uh. <laughs> like, he didn't really think lineman was a good choice. And he was like, well, what does a lineman do? I wish I could do a German accent just for this. Hamburger and a Coke, please. I should have told him that. I should have been like, I want my screen name to be Hamburger and a Coke, please. Um, but I, he, uh, he was like, in his thick German accent, he was like, he obviously didn't think lineman was a great choice. So he was like, well, what, do, what does a lineman do? He didn't know anything. He'd never watched football, <laughs> which is funny to think about. It's funny to think about like this German computer whiz cartoonist who like he, he truly has no idea what football is, American football. And uh, I told him I was like, "Well, you block," and he goes, "Okay, blocker." And he was like, "What's your astrology sign?" Because blocker was obviously taken. There was obviously already a blocker with an AOL account. He's like, well, what's your astrology sign? And I didn't know. I sort of knew. But I'm like a kid. You know, I'm like nine years old or something. I'm like 12 years old. I don't know how old I was. I'm like nine years old. I'm 12 years old. And uh, I, I knew that I was a... I remember my mom saying something about a Leo. I'm a Capricorn. Hence, my birthday was the other day. But... I remember my mom saying something about a Leo, because my mom was really into astrology. I'm a Leo rising, is what my mom used to say. Like, oh, you're, you're a Capricorn Leo rising. It means this. It means you're very proud of yourself, whatever. But, uh, so I, I just, I, I couldn't remember what, uh, what my astrology sign was, so I just told him Leo. And he, he typed in blocker Leo, which was not taken. <laughs> No, nobody else in the world had ever chosen Blocker Leo as a screen name. So sure enough, you know, I, I got the screen name Blocker Leo. I didn't really do anything because, like I said, you couldn't go on the internet. And the internet seemed really imposing. Like what I imagined, like I, I, I did go to the library once to try to use it. And you had to like type in the HTTP colon slash slash you actually had to type that in i think in those days like if you just typed in www.whatever.com whatever.com oh is this one of those www.whatever.com no, but if you typed in you know just www or if you typed in just like nfl.com i don't think it redirected you like i think it would it wouldn't work maybe i'm wrong about this maybe some older nerd knows whether this is true or not but that's what i remember i remember it feeling very imposing and just even though that's totally normal to us now, like that's burned into our brain, 
HTTP, you know, dot com, dot net. Like, that's just intuitive if you've been using the internet for long enough. But at the time, that seemed really esoteric and weird. Like, you didn't know what that meant. Like, even though everything was a dot com, you didn't know what that was even in reference to. I still don't. Dot computer, dot commercial. I think it was commercial. I don't know. I have no idea. So the, the idea of typing in a URL seemed really imposing and kind of scary. And I think it wouldn't work if you didn't type in the full thing. So I remember having that sort of experience. So like our computer at home though, like you couldn't go on the, uh, you, you couldn't go on the internet anyway. And that, that was for like years, like two years. I'm guessing we got, I think we probably got the internet around like 96 or 97. Then we got like a slightly less shitty computer that could kind of access the internet very slowly. Like you could kind of look at things, but it wasn't a very fun experience. And then I think eventually it, we got everything, but probably like 1999 maybe everything was kind of in working order. But that early experience of like 96, maybe 97 of getting online under the name Blocker Leo, I didn't do anything. Like I was saying about my friend when he was a teenager and I saw his emails, it's not like this, this kid is emailing a ton of people. It's not like this kid has a reason to use email, but he's just got one. I don't think I emailed a single person when I got Blocker Leo. What I would do on occasion though is I would just kind of like, this didn't go on for very long. I lost interest, but I would just kind of look at chat rooms. I would just kind of watch them. It was so, you know, I didn't think this way then, but it's like, and I try not to even now, but I was like, this is sociologically interesting. This is really interesting. Like, this is a study of people. Like, even that initial experience of like, oh, these people are pretending to be in a hot tub. They're like, oh, I'm going to move. They would say, like, there was a woman in there. And she, I remember the, that very first chat room I ever saw, and like, she, and she was like, "Oh, I'm gonna like go, over, I'm gonna like scoot over this way." Oh, you're in my way. Oh, I'm sorry, I bumped into you. They were like literally larping that they were in a hot tub, what we, what we call a hot tub larp. And uh, so, like, when we got AOL, it was just really. I think I remember like typing some things here and there, probably stuff that I st I thought was like stupidly funny. Who knows? Didn't go on for that long, but. While I'm talking about, like, my first experiences with this stuff, and I'm sure I've told these stories before because they're so good. So good. But, uh, I remember, like, it was the same people. Like, the first time I was ever allowed to sit down and, like, browse the actual internet for any length of time, I went over to the same people's house sometime later. This is Franz and his girlfriend. And they had a laptop, and it was, the thing was like a... A stack of bricks. It was cool looking. It was like really thick and, and heavy. It was it was a crazy laptop. And they had it set up, and there was no Wi-Fi, obviously. So it had like this clunky cord connecting it to the modem. And so like there was a dinner party with all the adults, and I, and I was the only kid. So they just like said they just sat me down in front of the laptop and they were like, you can just look at whatever you want. And that was probably, I mean, I was still in elementary school. And so I was like, I want to look at custom Star Wars figures. Which I, I wasn't even sure if that existed, but somehow I, I had that thought in my head. And sure enough, they helped me find a site. And it was just this long list of like photographs of all these different like custom characters somebody had made. And who knows what they would look like to me now, but at the time I was so impressed. It was like it was like hallucinating. It was like a drug or something. Because like I had seen the you know I had some of the I had some of like the regular action figures that you buy in the stores. It was like a dream thing. It's like when when you have a, a dream where you're in a record store and there are bands and albums that don't exist in real life but they seem amazing, and you wake up and you're a little uh, you're a little disappointed. Like that happened to me a long time ago, probably. 15 years ago, I had a dream that I was in this dream record store and they had an experimental music section and there was a band called Devourment, which is the name, of, of course, of like a, a well-known slam death metal band, kind of like a meathead slam death metal band. Anybody who knows metal knows who Devourment is and I knew who they were. 
I was more than familiar with devourment. But somehow in this dream, as we know, you know, in real life, sometimes like multiple bands use the same name. And in this dream, there was another band called Devourment, and I never even thought about the real Devourment. Like, I was aware of them, but I never thought about them. But in this dream, there was an, an entirely different band called Devourment, and I, they had a CD at this record store in my dream. And the cover was kind of like purplish, and then it had this spiral on the cover. Like, I don't remember, it, maybe it was like, I don't know what color it was, this was a long time ago. Like, I almost want to say it was yellow, but it wasn't like some ugly, stupid-looking purple and yellow thing. It was somehow really cool-looking. I mean, who knows what it looked like in this dream? Who knows what these colors actually were, these dream colors? So, but I, I remember it had kind of like a, like a kind of a, a purple tint with this kind of like yellowish or gold spiral. And then, and then above that, they had a logo, and it wasn't a death metal logo like the real band. It was a very unique logo. It was just, it, and what's interesting about it is it kind of looked shitty. Like in the dream, it kind of looked like bad Photoshop art, but it's it also made it that much more attractive. Because I was like, what is this? Like, what is this thing? And it was like a noise group, or a, you know, it was, it was in the, it, it was specifically an experimental music section. And so I saw that and I was like, wow, what is, what is, and I think in the dream too, I knew there was another band called Devourment and that made it that much more attractive. I was like, and, and there was like a juxtaposition to it. I know this is really getting into it, but like there was a juxtaposition to it. Cause like you wouldn't expect some sort of abstract avant-garde experimental group to be called Devourment. At least I wouldn't. You see things like that sometimes, but it's not obvious. And uh, that's my password, by the way, is devourment. No, but uh, uh, in, in the dream, though, it was just like, this seems so cool and unexpected. And then you wake up, and I was actually disappointed when I woke up from that one. In the dream, I felt like I had found some sort of treasure or jewel, and I had. I just didn't get to take it out. What's interesting is you'll have dreams sometimes where you hear music. It's not very common to me. There's a dream I had not that long ago, maybe within the last year or two, where I actually heard really pleasing music, and I think it had singing and everything. Maybe other people have that in their dreams a lot, but this was like extremely, like almost, it was like, uh, it, you know, it, it was like honey to my ears kind of thing, you know? And... Uh, I woke up and I was like, that's insane. Like my dream self, like my consciousness generated a really good, pleasing sounding song. And then it was just gone. What does that tell you? I don't know. I, I can't answer that question, but what does that tell you in general? Like this really pleasing, genuinely good song. And then I woke up and I was like, wow, I could still almost hear it. Um, so, uh, somehow we're talking about record stores and dreams and things, Star Wars action figures, that first experience, just being allowed to sit with like no supervision, didn't look up anything bad. I didn't know how to look anything up. They had to set me up. Like they had to find the page for me and just leave me there with it. And it was that same sort of feeling, like like dream music or dream record stores. I was seeing these custom Star Wars figures that didn't exist in my world, but these people had made them and they posted pictures of them. And I was just like, wow. Wow. For all I know, they could have looked really shitty by today's standards. There have been, you know, 30 years of custom Star Wars action figures in the internet. But at the time, this was just like something. It truly was another world. But then uh, a few years later, I guessed people's passwords. But no, fortunately, that was just a couple of times. But it, it shows you that you know something. It made you curious, though. Like it did, kind of make you curious. Like, can I do this? Can I guess this? And sure enough, like if you. Just went with your intuition, I guess. That's how you do it.
This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave, this golden land to me. And when the morning sun reveals her hills and plains, I see a land where children can run free. So take my.